0: It didn't mean that he stopped being God. it just he added to his divinity humanity. That's a powerful statement that God added humanity to his resume. Wow. Listen, if you're here today, you're like, huh? I realize this is some deep stuff. It's only happened once in history that God became a man.
1: So this isn't normal. Have you noticed that history repeats itself? Humanity tends to find itself in cycles of war, famine, recession, and prosperity. There's only one event in history that is never and will never be repeated and that's God becoming man. Jesus Christ came down to earth and took the form of a man. He entered into our reality in order to save us. Pastor Daniel is going to dive into the divine mystery of the God-man in today's teaching. Now here's Pastor Daniel as he continues his message, Jesus is God, we respond.
0: doesn't say Jesus is a way. That's what our culture wants to tell us, that Jesus is a way. But in the Greek, the definite article is right there. Jesus is the way. Sure, we live in a culture and we're surrounded by information and we're grateful for that. But with all this information, everyone wants to say, well, that's your way. That's my way. No, there's one way. People say, "You know, I am the truth. People say, well, that's your truth. No, no, truth is truth, no matter if we accept it or not. I might say, I don't believe in gravity. I don't believe in gravity. I mean, why would I want to believe in gravity? But if I jump off of a building, even if I didn't believe in it beforehand, gravity is still gravity. I'm still going to go down fast. Because there's not a truth, your truth, my truth. We make up truth. Truth is truth. And our culture, like Pontius Pilate, has a truth problem. What is truth? But you know, it's amazing. People say it's your truth, but when you get into a science class, they're all about telling you this is the truth. But when it comes to things of metaphysics, spirituality, religion, say, no, no, everyone's just got their own thing, but we, we're the only ones who can verify things. Jesus is real. He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. Not a life, the life the abundant life, the eternal life, the life that you and I really want, all in Jesus. No one comes to the Father except through him. That is why we place an emphasis on people making decisions to respond to Jesus, to start following him. We place an emphasis on it. We realize that making a decision is the beginning of discipleship, which is what Jesus wants, those of us who learn from him. But you never start to learn from someone until you make a decision to follow them. So we realize these decisions we have people make, we do that because that's going to start the process of discipleship. Now, for the rest of our time today, I want you to turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. And I'm just going to sketch a few things for us here today. Philippians chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 5 to 11. Many scholars believe that the apostle Paul took this. It was an early hymn of the early church. And the Apostle Paul took it and wrote it in the letter to the Philippians. Look what it says. So Philippians is to your right. If we're in John's gospel, you have Acts, Romans, and then the the Corinthian letters, and then Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. These verses may be the most concise. I mean, these are some packed verses, Would you agree with me? This is who this Jesus is. Now, it begins with this line, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And if you read the first four verses, really what Paul is exhorting the church in Philippi, he's saying, look, I want you to be unified. I want you to be humble. I want you to serve one another. I want you to be selfless instead of selfish. And what's amazing is that in every generation of humanity, these words hit like a ton of bricks right at us. Because it's so easy, right? To, there's strife, there's issues. It's so easy not to be humble, right? It's so easy to be self-exalting. And it's really easy not to get along and not to serve one another. So Paul's saying, look, I want you to be like Jesus. That's what he's saying. I want you to think the way Jesus thinks. And isn't that what the word Christian means? Christian doesn't mean that I have this political affiliation. It doesn't even mean that I go somewhere on Sunday. Being a Christian means that I am Christ-like. That's why, again, our mission is simply respond to Jesus. Because we want to think the way Jesus thinks. We want to act the way Jesus acts. And for a lot of people, I'm sure people in here today, the reason you don't follow Jesus is because you saw someone who called themselves a Christian who didn't act very much like Jesus. And if that's you today, I want to encourage you, listen, don't let his followers keep you from the real deal, because I'll be honest with you, if you meet, get to know any Christian long enough, we all fall short, and that's the Christian gospel in the first place. We all don't live up to the expectations, but at best, we're all growing. But Jesus wants to be exemplified amongst his people. So he's saying, I want you to think like Jesus. And then in verses five and six, we have what scholars have called pre-incarnation, that Jesus is God's equal. Pre-incarnation. Jesus is God's equal. Verse six talks about before Jesus became a man. What was Jesus doing before he was a baby in the manger? to Mary and his stepfather Joseph. Who was he? Notice what it says. Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. The idea of being in the form, it's the word morphe, which we get our word metamorphosis from. It denotes an outward manifestation that corresponds with what someone is inwardly. So Jesus was in the form of God, and he did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. So, that word robbery, some of your translations did not consider it to be something to be grasped. The idea of robbery being you're grasping at something that's not yours. Same phrase. What this is saying is that before Jesus became a baby in the manger, he was with God, and he was God. He wasn't trying to get to be God. He wasn't being like, look, I need to go grab hold of Godhoodness. He wasn't saying, look, I need to steal me a little divinity. This is saying that Jesus is God. That's what it means. Pre-incarnation, Jesus and God are equal. Now, why are they equal? Because they're one God. If you have two plus two on one side and you have four on the other side, they may look a little different, but they're the exact same thing. Make sense? Jesus and God, one there's one God. So, right away, in the pre incarnation, we get Jesus is God's equal. But notice what happens next in verse 7 but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. So, if verse 6 gives us the pre incarnation that Jesus is God's equal. Now, in verse 7, we get the incarnation. Jesus is a servant. So always being God, that word incarnation, it means to be enfleshed. It means to take on flesh. So before Jesus took on flesh, he was God's equal. But now in the incarnation, we see Jesus is a servant. Because look at what it says. He made himself of no reputation. Some of your translations said he made himself nothing. Nothing. What this means is that when Jesus was born, when he was in the major, that God took on humanity. It didn't mean that he stopped being God, it just he added to his divinity humanity. That's a powerful statement. That God added humanity to his resume. Wow. Listen, if you're here today, you're like, huh? I realize this is some deep stuff. It's only happened once in history that God became a man. So this isn't normal, but this is what the Bible teaches. And notice, when Jesus was incarnate, notice he took on the form of a bondservant. That word form, same word that being in the form of God, now he's taking the form of a bondservant. So God, remember that word form? It's an external manifestation of what's inside, so this full God is so humble that he comes and he takes the form of a voluntary servant. That's what a bondservant was. A bond servant in Jesus' day was someone who didn't need to be a servant but chose to be because he wanted to be. Wow. See, this is why Jesus is so important. Because he's God and He chose to add humanity to his resume, and He chose to take on being a servant, a voluntary servant. And then it says, coming in the likeness of men. There's nothing more clear than that in verse in verse 7. He's like, not only did he take on the form of he came in the likeness of men, like you and I. See, this is why Jesus is real, because he's just like you, he's just like me. It's the only difference is he's without sin. He understands what it's like to be hungry, tired, maybe sunburned, lonely, Feel misunderstood All these things Jesus understands But he came in the likeness of the men And look at verse 8 And being found in appearance as a man He humbled himself And became obedient to the point of death Even the death of the cross So now we have the crucifixion Right here in verse 8 Jesus is humbly Obedient at the cross Jesus is humbly Obedient at the cross You see why these verses are so powerful What was Jesus doing before he was born He was God's equal Then in the incarnation Jesus comes as a servant Now at the crucifixion We have Jesus with humble obedience He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. See, maybe the most important attribute of what it means to be somebody who has been forgiven by Jesus after love is humility. Is humility. Why humility? Because none of us deserve the salvation that we've received. None of us have. All of humanity has fallen so dreadfully short. And if you're, if you're honest with yourself for just a moment, you realize that you've done a million things wrong. I mean, even this morning, the, the day is just beginning. It's been a rugged morning, right? Frustration, judgmentalism, you know, how many of us woke up this morning like, Oh, not another day here. Come on. Give me a break, God. Some of you got dragged here to church today and you were grumbling the whole way. No amount of coffee is going to take that grumble out of your soul. You're just like, I'm uh, here. I'm sitting here, but I'm sitting at home watching television. We all fall so dreadfully short. And see, the beauty of who Jesus is is Jesus is meant to make us all humble. Why? Because God has done this. We haven't done anything And I don't know about you But when I think about the reality That my salvation, Jesus did everything And I didn't do anything I think to myself, man I didn't deserve that at all That's a good deal Remember last week I I I told you guys about about all the yard debris that I had Well, you know, someone said, said Hey, I got a trailer, I'd love to lend it to you And me and another guy, we went back there Two days, two six hour days Lugging all that yard debris I'm feeling a little creaky today. But you know what? I did all that. And so did another guy. We did that. Now, if someone had came and just done that, I would have been like, man, that's awesome. I would be like, look at what I did. Look at these logs I carried. No. Someone else did it. And I say, thank, thank you. Your salvation, you didn't do anything. All you simply did was respond to Jesus and say yes. And because our salvation has nothing to do with us and everything to do with God, all we can do is say, Oh Lord, thank you. You did what I could never do. And so many of us, and no doubt many in here today, you're trying to get yourself right with God. Brother, sister, you can't do it. The debt is too big. It's too hard. Rather than trying to do it for yourself, why don't you just accept what God has done for you? That God finished it for you. On that cross, Jesus said, it is finished. And our only response is not one of, I am better than everybody. I am above everybody. I look down my nose at everybody. We're just simply saying, thank you, God. And we live our lives with an attitude of gratitude, not thinking of ourselves higher than we really are. So guess what? You're gifted but you didn't even invent those gifts. You're talented. Praise God, but you didn't give yourselves those talents. You didn't even give yourself the desire to hone those talents. It's all been given as a gift by God. So we respond. We respond to Jesus by simply being humble, being like, Lord, I'm nobody. I was talking to someone this morning, like Pastor Daniel, first Sunday as the lead pastor. How does it feel? Like it felt a lot like last week. Because I'm still the second man. Because Jesus is the first guy. Amen. And you know what's beautiful about that? Pastor Bill feels the same way. He's always been the second guy. Because Jesus is in first place. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we, at our best, get a chance to hang out with him and with his people. See, because Jesus is real, humility comes. And we need to see ourselves for who we really are. We didn't bring anything to the table. God brought everything to the table. So we have pre-incarnation. Jesus is God's equal. We have incarnation. Jesus comes as a servant. Now we have the crucifixion, the cross, where Jesus is humbly obedient, the cross. And then verses 9 to 11, look what it says. Therefore... Praise. That's what these verses are all so about. They're all about this. Notice that God also has highly exalted him. If you like adjectives, you could say that this is Jesus is super exalted by God. Infinitely exalted. Because Jesus was always God, because he added to his resume humanity and became a voluntary servant. Because Jesus was humbly obedient and died on the cross, therefore, what do we say when we see therefore in the Bible? What's it there for? You got Bible interpretation 101 right there. Therefore is a conclusion word. Therefore, what's it there for? Because Jesus was always God. Because he came as a servant. Because he was humbly obedient and died on the cross. Therefore, God has super exalted him. Given him the name above every name. That at the name of Jesus, because of who Jesus is, every knee should bow. You know what every means? Every. Every single, that's good, right? Deep. Deep thoughts on a Sunday morning. Every means every. That, that idea of bowing the knee, it literally means that you're paying Him the homage He's due, whether it's in heaven, people who are already glorified, the angelic realm. On earth, those who are alive today. Under the earth, those who have already departed. Every knee bows and every tongue. And what does every mean? Every. Every Every tongue confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord. See, because of who Jesus is, because he's real, Jesus will be universally praised. Now, I'm going to tell you this. If ultimately this is what's going to happen, then why not let's do it now? You might be in here today. I know that there are some of you in here today. You're saying, I don't really do this Jesus thing and I don't really know why and I don't know why I'm here and all this stuff. Listen, at some point, you are gonna bow the knee to Jesus and you are gonna confess that Jesus is who God said he is, that he is the Lord, that he is the master, that he has the highest name above every name. He is that guy. And if ultimately you're gonna do it, then why not do it now when you can receive the gift of grace and experience it in this life? You see, the Bible teaches that we cannot experience the life that we were meant to live outside of Jesus in this life. That I am the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus is universally praised. And because of that, we should start doing it today. So, brothers and sisters, finally, Jesus is God. We respond. Jesus is God. We respond. I believe that today, God is asking each one of us to respond to him in a new way, in a unique way. For some of us, today is you're going to make that decision to respond for the first time and say you know what I'm going to confess Jesus I'm going to bow the knee to him today And I'm going to decide to become a follower of Jesus I'm going to start that process And in just a few seconds I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that For some of us you're here today And you know that all this is true But you have you believe in Jesus But you've been living like he ain't real You've gotten away from him Not really very far But you know it You're, you're doing it your own way And I believe God wants you to respond by humbly coming back to him and asking him for forgiveness, saying you're sorry. For others of us, you're walking strong with Jesus. You're like, man, this is the best season I've ever had in my face. God's using me. Guess what? You got to take the next steps with him today. Just like the children of Israel, yesterday's manna, it's not going to survive you for Today. You got a whole new day of being a servant of Jesus right in front of you. But you know what I've learned? We're all still growing. If this is the best season of your Christian life. There's another step to take. You've reached a summit, but there's another summit right ahead of you. So because Jesus is God, we respond. Brothers and sisters, let's respond to Jesus. Just simply take that next step with him today.
1: Today, Pastor Daniel showed us that Jesus is God. He is fully God and he is fully man. Because he was a man, he understands what it's like to be tired, hungry, or sunburnt. He understands who we are and what we deal with. Because he is God and man, we can fully trust him. God did all the work to bring us salvation, and our response must be, thank you. Join us again here on Jesus is Real Radio when Pastor Daniel will show us that God asks each one of us to simply respond to Jesus. Responding to Jesus means we walk in compassion, not judgment. We sacrifice ourselves because of walking in selfishness. We speak loving truth instead of falsehood. Responding to Jesus changes the way we interact with the world. When we respond to him, we become more like him. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series Because Jesus is Real. That's next time on Jesus is Real Radio.